What's going on, you guys? I want to welcome you into another episode of Hope Rising. You know, it has been an incredible experience to start to sit down with these amazing individuals, right? People from different walks of life, different backgrounds, different races, so many different things, with the common denominator being hope. And one thing that I'm going to say is that if you can listen to this next person and not feel inspired, not feel motivated, and not feel like like God puts you on the earth to make the absolute most of the gifts he's put within you, something's wrong, right? This is a spark plug kind of an individual that I feel like is going to put a spark in you that you probably need. Uh, and so I'm going to read his bio right now. I'm going to bring him in. And I just want you to listen this week. Let, let this speak to your heart. Let this speak to your mind. Because one thing that he's going to tell you is that it didn't come easy, but it keeps on coming because he keeps on grinding. So, uh, He's known as Charmier to many people, uh, but to the world, they now know him as Mr. Officials. He is an American actor, a singer, fashion designer, prop-making, wax-figure-creating, multi-talented entrepreneur. He was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, graduated from East Technical High School. He has a bachelor's degree in special education, a minor in Spanish. He wants you to know, though, the biggest thing about him is that he is God-fearing. He is a Christ-loving church boy. Now, what he doesn't say in his bio is that he has been known um, throughout the world as a, as a wax figure creator. Of all of these things that he's done, literally, he's been put on the map in the last couple years for bringing people to life <laughs> with the work of his hands. Um, and many of his works have gone viral now. So I want to bring Charmir onto the show uh, and let's uh, let's get into this conversation, bro. What's up, man? How you doing? I am doing well. Good, so good. so we, we need to just talk a little bit, right? Because one, one thing that I feel like people need to do at the start of this interview, this is different than some. Yeah. So with some people, I tell them, at the end of the interview, go check this dude out on social media. Go check this lady out on social media, right? Yeah. I feel like people need to check you out at the beginning of this interview, right? So somebody is listening to this podcast. Hopefully you're not driving because what I need you to do is go to your, your IG or go to your TikTok and you need to look up Mr. Officials. So his official tag is Mr.Officials.LLC. And you have to literally see the work of his hands, okay, so that you even understand what we're talking about. You're going to see uh, Samuel L. Jackson. You're going to see Wolverine. You're going to see Nipsey Hussle. You're going to see incredible, uh, incredible art. And that's only like a small part of what you do. So so how how do you even talk about yourself when somebody says, what do you do and who are you? How do you even <laughs> describe yourself at this point? I get that every day. People say, well, what do you do? I say, oh, well, the best question is, what don't I do? Um, <laughs> so I think it's best to start there because I'll tell people I'm not a basketball player. I may look like one, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I, I do tell people I'm an entrepreneur. I am mm. uh, an inspiration leader um, just because I love to inspire people. And that's what I've been getting a lot, especially these past few years. It's like, oh, mm. well, you inspire me. You know, I hear everyone else's story through my art, which makes me feel good. It's like, wow, I'll create something. And somebody tells me, hey, well, this is what happened to my child or this is what's going on with my mom. And I would love for you to create them. Or how can I reach you? You're inspiring me to do more. So I don't know. I just I just tell everybody, hey, I'm just a vessel. I just like using my gifts, all of them that God gave me. And that's mm. who I am. 
Incredible. And and so obviously, you know, what I think of you as is a storyteller. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the first times I, I saw you, uh, we were at church together and you were up on a stage in front of 10,000 people, right? Uh, and you were playing, I think you were playing Jesus in that in that particular thing. Yeah. And so you, you were telling a story through your acting. You are a fashion designer, so you tell stories through, yeah. through clothing and then, of course, through artwork. Mm-hmm. W- when did you feel led to get into that line of business and to to really start to get creative. Have you been creative your entire life? All my life. Probably when I came out the womb, I probably told my mother, you know, cover me and no. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, ever since I've been born, I've been creating. So I think what happens was God elevated my gift with a platform because mm. I've been, I tell people all the time, I said I was making people when I was five. Now, they may have been paper people. They may have been made out of wood. They may have even been made out of Legos, but they were people. So for me, it's not new. This is just what I've been doing. I've always, you know, growing up, we didn't have the funding. We didn't have the tools, the knowledge. We didn't have social media. So Mm -hmm. it's like, how do you see someone's gift without someone ever, without a platform for them to put it on? Um, And like I said, I grew up a church church boy, so I was never able to put you know, some of my gift in church because mm-hmm. like once they a wax figure in church and um, my background is education. So the same thing, the platform was schools. It's like, mm. well, you really can't do some of the stuff in school. So I was able to open up my own selfie museum and like I went to town from there. Mm. So, so take me back there. So you said as a kid, you were always making people Legos, blocks, wood. Yeah. So you have always been an artist who didn't just make like houses, but you always had a fascination with people themselves. I've had a fascination with any gift that God gave me. I wanted to use it. And what I mean by that is I wanted to use my gift. So I will use it with whatever tool I had. Mm. And that was so you know, I'm saying it was bizarre because the average kid take Legos and do what the Lego company says to do with it. Build a truck, build a house, build a car. It never says build a choir with these Legos. That's what I did. I would take, I promise you, I remember being five years old and instead of an army, instead, I would make a choir because I've always wanted to direct the choir. So I would stack the, choir, the Legos up like it was an orchestra or if it was a choir, I don't know. That's just how my brain went. So that's what I mean by that. God gave me the gift and I said, well, my if my gift is music, I'll use what I have to create this music, which was Legos. Mm. And that that makes me think of scripture uh, when um, Moses is talking to to God and God says, what's in your hands? Yes. Right? That, that when you understand that God will always put in your hands what you need to create greatness, Absolutely. you'll stop looking at what you don't have and focusing on what you do. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that is amazing. So, so you, you start, you grow up and we'll skip forward a little bit. Um, you get to the point where uh, you are graduating from high school. You decide to go into education. Yeah. At that point, did you know you were going to become an alt- entrepreneur or did you think you were just going to get into education? Never thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. I thought I was going to become an art teacher or something artistic where I'm teaching. Cause I always have, I had a passion for teaching. Um, and art. So I thought I was going to be doing art teaching. But, you know, once you get into the field, uh, there's only one art teacher per school. And it's usually the, the older art teacher that has the tenure who's been there for years. There's no, you know, you don't, we don't get a new art teacher unless that one dies or something. So I end up going to special, special education because I was told black men are needed, which they are, in special education because of, you know, the at-risk students 
um, that we had at, at most of the time in our schools. So that's where I was placed and I loved it. And then I did a minor in Spanish just because I lived on the West side for so long. And I'm like, I don't know what they're saying. I can't speak <laughs> to my neighbors. So I just wanted to learn. So I think every time I was pushed into something, it was really something to say, look, I'm doing this because it's going to benefit me overall. I'll learn Spanish because it's going to help me find my Latina wife or, you know what I'm saying? Communicate better with my neighbors. And I'll go into education because I'm making a difference in the black community, you know, at these at urban at risk schools. So mm, I love that. And that's honestly, that's the catalyst for why you're successful. Now yeah. you said you love learning. And so you don't get to the place uh, that you do, um, you know, now as a professional, yeah. what we see when we see your work is, I mean, we're not talking low level work. This is high level. Um, people are traveling across the country, yeah. if not, you know, out of, out of the country to see your work at this point. And that doesn't happen without you being so diligent as to always learn and always grow. Um, I watched a video of you the other day, and you were saying that when you create these wax figurines, it's like nine months of work. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So the wax figures can take seven to the ones that I've done from seven to 10 years, I mean, to 10 months and almost a year. So yeah, it could take a long time. So you have to have patience. Even the ones that I'm doing now, like the Samuel Jackson, that's a 3D printed, but still takes time and money, you know, and then I'm learning how to use a 3D printer or I'm learning how to do hair or how to do makeup. It's, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's constantly learning. So take us to what taught you in your life, that kind of discipline and that type of patience. Where does uh, that come from? Teaching kids. <laughs> uh, I think teachers, uh, oh my God, teachers, we have it. I think like a, it's rough because when you work in a high school, your, your creativity is limited. So you have to become creative on how you're going to deliver the today's lesson. How are you going to engage the, you know, your audience, which is your students, you know, and how you're going to, you know, see a, a return of investment as you will. Like, how do I get these black children to learn Spanish who don't want to learn it. I mm. think that's where your patients come in. It's like, you know, any other job, you're doing something that people want. You work at a coffee shop, you're giving coffee to a person who wants it. But when you're teaching a language, a foreign language that don't nobody wants to learn, you're being forced to do it. It's like, how do I be creative with that? I teach you something that I, that you have to learn in my class in order for you to pass. So I think that's where the patience and the learning came from. Oh, well, you know, kids will make you be very creative on, on your delivery. And how do you teach them and how do you reach them? So, and I did that through fashion. It was, you know, I didn't have to give them a pizza party at the end of the week. It was like, hey, you don't want to wear dress code. The only way you get our dress code is you wear this cool school spirited shirt on Friday. And I'll talk to the principal and I'll allow you to wear it. And I think that's what happened. I grasped their attention based off of what I wore, what I made, what I created. Mm. Yeah. So you were always really utilizing your creativity for motivation of other people. Yes, always, always. That's why the name became Mr. Official. I would wear something to work, which is the school that I taught at. And the kids will see it and they will say, hey, Mr. O, that's official. Like, where'd you get that from? They don't sell that in the bookstore, mm. you know? So they would see me with this cool apparel on. So it made school apparel look cool. Yeah. Which called, you know, school morale, which made the attendance go up because everybody wants to wear their cool apparel to the pep rally in the game, you know? So I figured, well, if I have to reach my students through my art, which was making clothes and school apparel, then that's what I, that's what I would do. And that's what I did. 
So who are you trying to reach now? At that point, you had, you know, the young, impressionable um, student and you were trying to, you know, cultivate them and catapult them to another level. Who do you feel like God wants you to to pull in, to draw in and to inspire now in your life? Oh, that's so good. I think the person or the people that I'm to inspire are the, you know, the ones that's been slept on. Mm. You know, the ones that, the you know, the desolate, the ones that people threw away because that's what I was. I was somebody that, you know, everybody threw me away and, you know, shined upon me. And it was, you know, I think that's what God is saying. Look, help those people. Help the underdog. Go talk to them. Go talk to one who you don't think that, you know, there's something for them. So that's what I do. I want to inspire those people or the people who just, you know, I have this skill, I have this art. I don't know what to do with it. I'm at a standstill. COVID has put me down like that. I, I think I'm the inspiration for those, those people, those entrepreneurs, those crafty people who don't, you know, people who don't think art is a craft or it's just a craft. It's not a, it's not a skill or it's not, you know, a, a profession. And it is. So, and that's who I'm, I'm reaching, man. Mm. So if you are the underdog and you are listening today, you know that Jason and I spent some time bringing somebody in just for you. Um, because the underdog doesn't mean the underdeveloped or the underskilled or the undergifted or the underanointed. It yeah. simply means the underappreciated at this point in your journey. Um, and so... How how long would you say that you felt slept on? Like, did you wake up one morning and you were like, man, I got it in me and people just don't see it? Did it happen later in life that you were like, I'm, I'm doing great things and people are missing it? When did you start to feel like an underdog in your own life? Probably all my life. That's the mm. crazy part about it. Even now, I feel like it because... <laughs> Because when you when you're underdogs, most of the time you're doing something nobody understands. Because mm. people will put you in this box, right? And it's like, I don't, you know, I don't want to be in the box. I want to show you what I am. So a lot of people think I'm a because of the social media. Oh, that's the guy who makes wax figures. It's like, well, you don't know, I got 17 other gifts over here because you're trying to put me in this box. You think yeah. I like rappers because I made a rap wax figures like oh no do you know you know what i'm saying so i think even now i'm this i'm in this underdog category at some point um but, but the world will see because i'm showing everything um you know even when i was i re, i would get in trouble for being creative that's the crazy part about it. i remember creating things and showing people and i was like you can't do that um a pastor one year told me i was before my time mm. you know because i would always get in trouble for introducing new and now Five, six years later, people are doing what I did. And I'm like, oh, well, I did that five years ago, you know? So I've always felt that way, you know? So it's like I said, it's just not, I didn't have the platform or maybe I was before my time mm -hmm. in doing so. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that there's, there's, there's a, a, a great lesson in that, that I'm, I'm learning too. I'm, almost always ahead of my time in things. Yeah. Um, and I'm learning it's because when God makes you prophetic in a certain way, he gives you vision to to build a thing or to do a thing before it's time right, right, right. because you are you are paving a space you are creating um, an environment of creativity because that's what God is, a creator. So God is always creating a way for us to create. Exactly. And so we have to understand that um, anytime you're paving something, there's going to be extra resistance. And the, the faster we learn it as humans, uh, I think the, the more that we grow. 
And and so not only, you know, again, I mean, and and if you guys have never seen his wax figurines, I mean, literally uh, the one that he made with Nipsey Hussle was on BET and everywhere else. Not only have you done that, but then you created this entire what's called a selfie studio in Cleveland, uh, which is also just jumping. And I've seen people from all over social media constantly posting themselves in your studio. So. Uh, explain to, to somebody who's, who doesn't live near Cleveland, they don't even live in the United States, the, the kind of idea that you came up with and the business that you built and what inspired that. Yeah. So it's a, it's Cleveland's um, it's selfie studio. It's located in South Park Lawn, Strongsville, Ohio. And it's um, probably Ohio's first selfie wax museum. Um, mm-hmm. And there's over 30 different theme rooms. You can take pictures and selfies in. And again, it was because I wanted my art displayed. So mm. but I'm looking like, well, I got to charge because you come in here and how am I going to pay rent? So I said, look, I'm just going to have people pay to come see my art and take pictures and selfies with it. So um, and it kind of turned into kind of like more of a, a studio. So a lot mm-hmm. of people come and do TikToks. They'll come do shoot music videos. Now mm-hmm. they'll do birthday parties. So, you know, it transformed. But I, w- the idea behind that was I just wanted somewhere to utilize my space. And I've seen them before. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, somebody doing that? I did that years ago. So now I'm going to do the same <laughs> thing that I've had in my head for years. And now there's a platform for me to do so. so. Right. And and so there's somebody listening today. I, I need you to listen really closely because because this man is is showing you he's showing you what real life looks like. Okay. What we think real life is when when um, the scripture says your gifts will make room for you. We think that that means that as soon as you find your gift, you'll walk into the room and all of a sudden the seas will part and the the opportunities will come. Sometimes that ain't the case, right? Once you figure out who you are and what you do that is great, God will sometimes then give you your own platform. So he will make room for you to have your own space. And then within that space, you'll be able to cultivate a way to not only display it, but sell it and share it and inspire other people with it and all of those things that you're doing. And and in the end, you're doing ministry because you're teaching people how to walk in what God has for you. I mean, that's as multifaceted as it gets. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So not only do you do those things, but then you also <laughs> you also um, are are uh, are you the, the main organizer of of Fashion Week Cleveland? So I'm the CEO, but there's is a team of us, the host of us. So it's a nonprofit um, where we take uh, old clothes and we'll do like an upcycle program. We'll take old clothes that people throw away they don't want. It could be thrift clothes, and we'll make them into new. The same thing God wants us to do with our own lives take this old person and make new. So we do that with garments and we, um, we present it on the runway. We do a fashion show every year. This year it's July 15th at Cleveland State University um, where we showcase some of our designs, some of the things we made. We um, use our, have our platform used, is used by um, other designers, models mm-hmm. who want to come across, you know, overseas or wherever they're coming from um, in Ohio and just showcase their talent. So we have vendors, tables, so it's pretty fun. So that's what we do. We do it once a year, but we have a great team and we have fun doing it. Mm, and how long have you been doing that event? But a year. We only been doing it for a year. So. Okay, beautiful. So you're at the you're at the start of it. And what is the what's the long term vision for it? Like, what do you want to see happen over time? So to the long term vision is to let everyone know that you can model. 
um, I used to do fashion show all the time and it was always the certain look, you know, the tall, mm -hmm. slim. And it's like, no, anybody can be a model. I have guys from my gym who model now. And mm -hmm. really, we do. it's more like a bonding thing. It's a brotherhood. You know, I think people are they look down upon certain things, certain art skills. And it's like, oh, that's only for this particular group. That's only for this person. This is the only person that can model. And when I ask people, hey, you should model. They're like, not me. I'm not a, how do you know? Who told you that? Who told you, you couldn't walk down around? Who told you, you can be a fashion designer? Who told you, you can start your own brand? You know what I'm saying? So we have models from all over, you know, the world, all um, walks of life, you know, from prison to, you know, the elite the elite so everybody's a part of it we don't we don't discriminate with anybody we have rehearsals we have um um different type of gatherings we'll have uh, a whole bunch of fun fundraisers that everybody can be a part of that's within the fashion weekly right and the mm. goal is to one day be able to teach teach these classes teach sewing classes teach people you know um high you know help them with um high self-esteem who, mm -hmm. who are dealing with depression we say look you can walk it out you know instead of you know dealing with it another way so that's the goal the goal is to you know start a program maybe a school where we can teach these characteristics these traits and teach that through fashion i, I hope somebody was listening i asked you the vision so that somebody who likes to to, to fund visions yeah. uh, can fund you right because um you are literally a visionary and i already knew you had some kind of educational component already in you yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, so I have a question. So here's the big pivot where we start to really slow down and get deep. You asked those individuals, who told you you couldn't do these things? Yeah, yeah. I don't need to know who told you that you couldn't, right. but I know somebody did tell you you couldn't. And right. so my question is, when you were told what you couldn't do, how did you find the courage to go explore what you could do? Mm, that's good. Yeah. So in my instance, it was never really you couldn't do that because of, you know, the, the basic reasons that people give you. They'll say, well, yeah, yeah, you can't do that. You know, I hear a lot of stories. People say, oh, no, you can't do that. You can't. You know, that's that's breaking the, the law or, or rules. And I, people would tell me I couldn't do it because in their mind, they thought it was impossible. It's not like, well, you can't get a bachelor's degree without having a GED or, you know, a high school diploma. You know, that's what people would think that it's impossible to reach there or you can't get this job without this degree or you can't do this. That's the reason why I became a special education teacher, because people told me, well, you can't be an art teacher in this building because we already have one. Had mm. I known the gift that I have, I would have pursued art and say, well, he's going to leave soon. You know, I'm so good that by the time I graduate from <laughs> college, he'll be out. He will. He's not even, you know, what I'm saying God's going to make a way where he's not even going to be here. And they're going to mm. put me in position because they're going to see my skills. Had I known that at that time. So when people used to tell me I couldn't do something, I would sit back because I didn't want to hurt their feelings or mm. I didn't want to tell them something that I knew to make them think that was crazy. You know, mm. so, so now when I encourage people, I say, when people tell you can't do it, just show them. And that's what I do now. I don't even think when people say I can't, I take it as you have never seen it. You don't know me. A lot of people say, say that. Say that again. Say that again. <laughs> you don't you don't know the gift. You don't know what I have, you know. Mm -hmm. So so I, I love, you know, showing people like, OK, I get what you're saying. I appreciate you saying that you can't get this job without this degree because that's what you've been told. But you don't mm -hmm. know what you're talking to. You don't know who you're dealing with. You don't know the gift that I have is going to put me in position to get to that. 
You know what I'm saying? So that that's how I look at life now. It's kind of like, oh yeah, I get it. Oh yeah, you don't you don't get who you're talking to. A lot mm. of people right now will say, well, how are you going to do that? And I'm I'm Charmier. That's what I say now because I don't have time <laughs> to explain to you who I am or who God mm. made. So when people say, well, how are you going to do that? Well, I'm Char- don't worry about it. I'm Charmier, it, mm. which means I'll get it done. I'll find a way. I don't have the qualifications. I may not have the, you know, the te- the talent that you think I have or the skill level that you think I should have, but I'm going to get it because I know who I am. Mm. So who are you? I mean, you just told us what you do, but who, like, what is the part of your character? What is, what is your gift? Like, like, obviously we see your talents and we see the manifestation of your gifts, but when you sit down, when you sit alone, it's just you and the Lord. Okay. (laughs) In your quiet time, who does he tell you you are? Like, who is Sharmir? Yeah. I believe I'm an evangelist. I believe, and, and let me not the, the Christian or church evangelist. Mm-hmm. I believe I've been called to evangelize to the lost, the forgotten, and I believe I've been um, charged with the gift of sh- discerning. So knowing who, the, knowing what what's out there, and who's out there, and who's in my my world. So who's on my platform? Who's watching me? And to speak to those people, and I know it because they'll it hit me on my DM already. Hey, you should make this. Here's the story of this is what happened. I'm like, okay, I see what you're thinking. I see where you're, you're going. So let me utilize my gift to minister to you my way. When I was growing up in church, it was always if you if you wanted to serve or be in church, you had to be in the choir or the usher board or you had to be 50 years old and be a deacon. There was never a place for people like me who wanted to explore all of my talents. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I could do the little Easter plays and, you know, we could direct the choir. But it's like, what else could I do? I got a word in me. I could do spoken word. I don't want to mm-hmm. preach, but can I do it in a different way? I know how to draw. Can I paint the windows, you know, the stained glass? Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I was. I was like, well, let me discern and see what is needed of me and then see how I can bring into life through my gift. So I think that's where I'm at. My, my ministry is, look, okay, well, because you never knew. I never knew if you ask somebody right now and they say, well, what is your gift? I believe God gave everybody a gift and you can find that gift and use that for whatever. I don't think you just use it for what you it's intended for. If I'm LeBron James and I can basketball, I knowing me, I'll be able to bring somebody Christ to Christ through basketball. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at my gifts. It's like, well, how can I get, I had 8 million people view my Nipsey hustle mm-hmm. wax figure. And I was like, how do I get 8 million people to view Christ? Mm. I saw, I saw, I saw a BET, uh, no, it wasn't BET, it was, uh, it was Cleveland's hip hop station, 107.9, okay. and they said, uh, they said, oh, everything is just, everybody's watching you, this is amazing, and you said, first of all, I'd like to give honor to God. Right. <laughs> I said, yes, sir, but yeah, what you people. said, you just inspired somebody, you helped somebody, okay, if, whether you know it or not, because a lot of times when, when we hear questions like, what is God telling you to do, right? Yeah. God don't tell people religious things. Yes. He tells people personal things, right? Relational things to develop them, to grow them, to help them. And ultimately, when you're walking with God, he'll get the glory in the end, no matter what you do, right? And so a lot of times we only think of the moves of God as what I'm supposed to do on Sunday morning between the hours of 9 and 11. Well, the reality is God has people in the marketplace to inspire, to motivate, to to heal, to grow, right? And so... What I see your anointing as is very similar to mine, even though they're very different manifestations. I'm a storyteller. 
Yeah. He put me on the earth to tell stories. When I was a musician, he gave me platforms. Now that I'm a speaker, he gives me platforms. When I speak, this, whatever I'm talking about comes alive. And it's not just because of, um, of my natural talent, but it's because of my gift, right? My, that anointing God gave me. Um, and so I feel like... I feel like he put you on the earth to be a storyteller, right? So my question is, there's somebody listening today. They've had they've had success, right? They've made some money, they've they've done some good things, but there's just something missing where they've found their talents, but they haven't totally found their gifts. So I guess the question is, what is the difference in your head between a talent and a gift? And how does a person actually find those gifts, those things that not only propel you, but propel the people around you as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe a talent is something that most people um, you use or something that you can say, look, um, this is my talent. I can bounce basketball. It's probably something that I can acquire, something that I can learn or I can be taught. I believe a gift is something God gave you. And it's something that you have that no one else has. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the problem where I was growing up in church. They will say, use your talent, you know, use your gift, which means use the talent that God gave you in church. And it wasn't, well, what is your gift? Because your gift team, I believe, has something to do with your call. And um, and I can tell, because most people, when they use their talent, they want to get paid. When you use your gift, it just comes out naturally. You'll be talking, not even knowing you're inspiring somebody, which is a gift. And you're like, okay, well, I'm using my gift. Here it is, <laughs> you know, because people will see. And I think, pe- I think people have to view your talent, which means they have to come somewhere and see it. I think your gift, people will see. You don't even have to show it. You don't even have to play it. They'll see it. If you're um, a musician, they'll see the instrument within you before you start playing a guitar or before you start playing a piano. That's what I that's where I think the gifting is. The gifting the shows and the talent you have to show. Mm. I, ho- I hope you guys caught that, right? He, he said, when you, when you find your gifts, people find the gift within you. They'll start to see it because yes. it, it's, it almost seeps out of you, right? Yep. It, it radiates yep. off of you. I remember when I first went to college, um, I was an instrumentalist. And I was never the greatest playing instrumentalist. But I remember after my college audition, one of the professors, he came up to me and he said, Some of your technique is like, you know, we can fix your technique. We can work on that. He said, but there's something that you do when you start to play that can't be taught. And I said, okay, what's that? And he called it musicality, right? Well, in the end, what is musicality? It's making the song come to life, AKA telling the story through the song, right? And so, and I remember for me, this is my my story. I was in a I was in like a high school class and I had a a teacher who was preparing me for my college auditions. And so she was trying all these things because she thought there was another level of musician, of of artistry in me, and she couldn't get it out of me. And so she had me like skipping around the room and I was like, this is dumb and you're making me angry. And she would, then she started giving me poetry. Like, I want you to read this poem or I want you to read this speech and come in and read it with vigor. And then I want you to, you know, play the song again. And it just never worked. Nothing worked. And so she found the one spot. And for me, it was, and I've, I don't think I've ever told this publicly, but you know, I, I went through some, some childhood, you know, trauma and some, some issues in my life as a kid. And she comes in and she says, there's, there's a person in your life who has hurt you. She says, there's a person in your life who has left some scars. 
and I won't I won't say in this it, right now who that is, but she said, I need you to talk to this person. I want you to pretend that they're me and I want you to pull your heart out. And so I started on the surface and I said, oh, I, you know, I don't appreciate and, and I don't really like that. And I feel like this. And she said, you're not done. Go. And I got to the point where I was screaming in the room because I was no longer in the room and I was in front of that person. And I was saying, I'm hurt and I'm scarred and it's not okay and I'll never be okay. And when I finally was done, my hands were shaking and my, my blood was pumping through my veins and everything. And she said, now that right there, that's, that's your audition song. She says, now sit down at your horn and play again. And the song came to life. And she said, from now on, I want you to understand that you must always put your life into your music. And so even when I became a singer and started traveling around the country and did some of the things I did, I was never the best singer. I never had the greatest vocal technique. I never had the nicest voice. But I shared the stage with Earth, Wind & Fire and Lupe Fiasco and did a bunch of amazing things and had national TV opportunities. Why? Because I learned how to take the thing that God put in me and pour it out. And I think that, that people like you, whatever your life experience has been being the underdog, you've now gotten to a point where you say, there is nothing that will ever stand in front of me that will be so great that God can't pour me out of me for the project. Absolutely. The real me is always coming out. Oh, absolutely. That's so good. Yeah. And I feel like that now. It's like, uh, I can't even, I can't even hide it. That's mm. how I know it's like, it's for me. I wake up and sleep it. It's like, mm. I, I go to bed thinking about it. And I'm like, well, how can I? And it's really just all inspiration. It's all really, you just want to share your gift with the world the best way you know how, with the mm. little bit of finances you have or the little bit of energy that you still want to give it. You know, it's like shaking a pot bottle and you finally putting the cap out. It's, it, it just, it has to come out because it's in you, mm. you know? So, and that's just how I feel right now. I feel like I'm shaking up. I'm in my shaking phase. So I'm like, <laughs> I just have to get out of this bottle and show the world all of my gifts. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm in my shaking phase. Everything just need to come out right now. Everything this is the time. <laughs> yeah. But you have to know, you have to know when that time in your life is, right? Because yeah. we don't know. Some, sometime in your life, you're supposed to sit still and watch other people. Yes. You reach an age in your life, okay, you're not that young. No, it's, it's time. It's right now. Because someday you're going to be too old and you're not going to be able yeah. to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're not going to have the energy or mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so we obviously right now are, are not seeing the culmination of the dream. Like mm-hmm. we're seeing the beginning yes, of the dream. The so what do you, have you seen it? Like, what is the dream for you? Like, where do you see this going long-term? What do you feel like you're meant to build or do over time? Oh, I, I see it every day. Like, uh, like I said, when I wake up, I see it. It's like, oh, um, I know I need, I got to have some space. I know I'm going to have some space downtown, whether it's, um, you know, cause I'm always talking about, I'm going to make history, which I probably will. And mm. I'll probably open up Ohio's first wax museum, or I'll have Ohio's first creative art studio or school or vocation center or something like that. Um, and, and then once that's over, I'm on, I'm in TV, I'm, you know, a judge at some type of, I don't know, creative type of TV show. It'll be America's got skills or something and, and I'm hosting or I'm judging it. <laughs> I just see that for myself. I don't know. I, I, I trust me. I see it. And I've mm. seen it for years. That's the, the hard part is when you see stuff when you're 15 and 16 and it's like, now, why, why now? You know, so now people mm. look at me and be like, hey, you're inspiring me. I'm like, now? You've been knowing me for 20 and I've just started inspiring. You know, so. <laughs> mm. 
So yeah, mm. so so it's fun now because now it's the beginning of for me, it feels like it's the beginning of what's to come. The beginning of what is to come. And so you said a wax museum. And I, I know that you mentioned that, that that's like your heart and soul, what you really want. So what would it take to really make that like come to life for you to get a, a wax museum? And I know it's really personal to you. You'd like to build that in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, where you have already started to make your name. Why is that so important to you? And what would that take to make that happen? So uh, resources, a lot of resources. Um, I mean, because for one, I'm still learning. I'm still learning sculpting and 3D printing and mold making and all that. So it's it's not new. So I would definitely want help because I'm I'm doing it a lot of it, um, all of it by myself. But I would really want more, you know, help or be able to teach components or either just say, you work on that, I work on this, and we're gonna find a great artist who's good at tattooing. Someone, a good makeup artist is gonna do the makeup. So I think it'll take a lot of resources. Um, it'll, of course, we'll have to get a location. Now I can easily go to Vegas and start one up, it'll be easy, or go to Atlanta and do you know, a cultural wax museum, but I would love to start one here and this because this is home. So I would love to you know, create one here. But again, when you're doing something for the first time, People are not sure if they're for it or not, you know. So, mm. Why do you think that is that people are so resistant to something new and so resistant to change? Why, why is that so complicated for people to accept? To me, because they've never seen it. They've never seen it be done. So it's kind of like I'm scared to, to, uh, to do something because it's never been done. Uh, most time, you know, that's like me telling you, hey, jump off, jump out of a plane. You've seen it, you know, from afar, but you it's you've never done it. Mm. So it's kind of like, well, you go first. I want you to do it first. So, you know, so I think that's so hard for people to take on something that has never been done because it's like, I don't know if I believe it will happen here or I don't know if I believe in you to do it. And mm. that's why I tell people I'm charmier. Don't you know, mm. I'll take on the you know, I'll bear it. I'll mm -hmm. take on the hard task. You just get behind me and support it. You know, it's like Moses you know, look at his people. And it's like, you know, he, I believe he had to do everything. So, you know, and I think God talks to those leaders because it's like, they ain't gonna listen. You know, they, ha you have to do it and then they'll come, they'll follow, they'll get them. So I think God is using me to be a leader, you know, maybe in the city of Cleveland or to be that first person to say, all right, will you step out on faith and do it first because they're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. You have to be the example. That's where I feel I am. So I want you to put your, as we start to wrap up, I want you to put your coach hat on for a moment, right? Your teacher okay. hat. And and there is somebody right now who, um, they definitely are a trendsetter. <laughs> they, are, they are one of those people who is meant to do something that has not been done. Yeah. But they don't have that thing inside of them yet that says, well, I'm Maurice. <laughs> that says, mm -hmm. I'm Charmier. That's yeah. all it takes. Yeah. I'm God's, right? So how do they find that? How do they find their identity and the confidence in their identity to walk so boldly in that the way that you keep proclaiming? And, and I want to, and I, let me preface it this way. Whenever a confident person says something like that, it always sounds easy. Yeah. But I know for a fact, and I don't know you like that, but mm -hmm. there's no way that you came by that without struggles and hardships yeah. and hard times, right? Yeah. So how does a person persevere to that point? So I, I believe they have to get out of their head. I, it took me, I had to get out of my head. And for two, I had to stop listening to what people are saying, good and bad. Now, most people mm. won't take that. They won't say 
stop listening to the negative, listen to the good. I know because sometimes people can be can do good and pressure you mm. into making a move before you're ready to. So I, I just stopped listening to everybody. I got off social media and I just start doing me, which means I start creating based off what I like and what I thought. And I presented it when I was ready. It took me nine months. I could have presented it at every stage and showed everybody, hey, here's the first stage. Here's the second stage. I didn't do that. I waited until it was birthed, you know, as you will, because it, that nine months is like, okay, I think it, you know, I believe now I can present this to the world or I can do this or I can open up my own, you know, wax museum because I was ready. I can open up a wax museum tomorrow and people will come. Am I ready to do it? Do I have enough wax figures? Do I have the right space? You know what I'm saying? So you got to think about all that. So I would tell anybody, stop, get out your head, stop listening to people, get a pen and pad, just write stuff, record yourself saying it and listen to yourself saying it. I, I do, I do the, the, the most, and my family will tell you, I do the most when, when it's decision-making time for me. When I have something in my head and it's bothering me and I don't know if I want to step out on faith, I just, Lord, well, let me test it. Let me test faith before I step on it. Mm. So I and that's what I'll do. I remember when I bought my my house um, and I knew I wanted this house. Well, before I even bought it, I knew I wanted it. I knew I was going to get it in my mind. I was going to get it. The problem mm. is I didn't have the finances and I didn't have the credit, but I believed in what I thought the Lord was. So I said, Lord, I'm going to test faith on a small scale. Come on. If I test you. Let me test faith. So I will write. I will write. When I would send letters out or send mail out, the return address would be the house that I wanted to be in. So <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You were writing letters using the address that yes. you were going to move into. I was going to move into. I would tell people, hey, when you send me a Christmas card, mail it to this address. <laughs> what? That's what I mean by testing faith. Now, I, I didn't I didn't go big and say, well, Lord, let me go to the bank and give them a, a sob story or, you know, and how I built my credit. No, I said, let me test God. Let me test faith first and see if this is meant for me. And so so by the time I got the house, I had mail. I was driving to the house because I had to get this mail. So I'm driving to the house. People would call, hey, neighbor, because they see me going to this mailbox, which is crazy. I mean, the house is vacant for two years. And you got me driving up to a shoveling snow, you know, on the steps like it's my house. Get in shoveling. The, wait, slow down, in, slow I mean, down, slow crazy. down. Hold on. I don't know. I'm, I'm wait a wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> you're you're shoveling the steps of the driveway. Yes, to the house that wasn't even mine yet. They're calling you neighbor. <laughs> you're picking up mail out of the yes, mailbox. I'm crazy. I don't know. Lord forgive me. But it's my house now, so I guess I'm okay. And you live in the house now. And I, to this day, I live in the house. I bought the house seven years ago. Okay, I, so I just... <laughs> the next time somebody wants to know what faith looks like, right? Right. It may not look exactly like that, yes. but if you ain't walking in it. <laughs> yes, and I had to literally... Walk around. You literally walk around walked it. in it. <laughs> I'm walking in it. And it was so crazy because it was a foreclosure house. It was owned by a bank. And I'm like, this is my house. I love it. I want it. It's mine. It's been vacant for too long. Like, so. It's been even, vacant even, for too I long. Didn't even, didn't even know what my credit score was because at the time I wasn't, I didn't care. I was like, oh, okay, I'll get that. We'll get to this credit score later. Right now, let me move on faith. <laughs> and that's <laughs> But but you know to to some extent that that's how a person starts to build a, a wax figurine that takes nine months to build. Yes, 
Yeah. It's the same concept, right? Yeah. Because like yeah. at the end of the day, nobody can tell can justify it for you all the hours that it takes, all the yeah. time that you're going to put in. You don't for sure know, especially with the first ones that you made, are you going to yeah. be any good at it? Yeah. And so you are literally putting your hand I watched a video where you were like putting your hands in the stuff. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and and so at some point I have to get my hands dirty in the face. Yes, yes. you have to. You have to in the beginning. You have yeah, you have and trial and error where you're and then you have to pay for mess ups. That's what mm. I do in my I say in my field, you're paying to mess up. Because if mm. it messes up, you come out wrong, okay. Well, I have to pay for it. And then I'll just go full vote again. And this is me every day today. Like I'm just like, how did this work? Do I make this work? You know, so and you learn it and you get it and you eventually good good at it. And then eventually people will be inspired from you, your from your mistakes. So it's mm. like, wow, is that really a mistake if I'm teaching people from, you know, <laughs> from it? So <laughs> now my mistake is my ministry. Ooh, so. ooh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Go ahead and put that on Twitter. Uh, right. Put that on Instagram. <laughs> now my mistake has become my ministry. Right. I know that's right. I'm make That'll, preach. That'll preach. That'll <laughs> preach. All right. Well, as we as we wrap, man, I knew I knew you were the right one for this interview. Uh, and, and and not just because, again, that you're talented. Right. But it's the story behind you. And the more that we've talked and the more that you have let us like in a little bit, uh, we understand why you're talented and why you're gifted and why it's actually working for you. And so here's where I will go as we wrap things up. This is what I ask every guest. So a hundred years from now, there's a person who goes into a museum. I don't know if it's a wax museum or not, but it is a museum. <laughs> and they go into a special room, and the room is marked Hope. Mm. And they go up to this special Hope chest, and inside of it, um, there are these um, these small, I, I almost called them time machines. That's not what they're called. What are they called? Time <laughs> capsules. All right. There's a time capsule inside. And inside of the time capsule, they find a video, and it's a view. And, and and in that same spot, there's a couple like pictures of your figurine. So they, they see some of your work and they see okay. a couple pieces of your clothing and they see some of the, so, so they know this is a guy who's done some stuff and there's people walking on the runway. They know this guy is cold, yeah, yeah. but they're now watching this video because they are lacking hope in their life. They're lacking the joy. They're lacking the fulfillment. And they want to hear you share the one thing that you could share that might spark hope inside of them. What do they hear you say? So basically, they're going to hear me say, um, you, you got to have joy and you got to have sorrow. Both of those, both of those, I think, brings you to a place where you're like, OK, if I can appreciate the good days and appreciate the bad days, then I know there's hope. You know, and, and there's a song that says that he's joy and sorrow, hope for tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? So I believe you would hear me tell everybody a hundred years from now, look, you got to have joy. You got to have pain. You got to have ups. You got to have down and you have to deal with them. I deal with everything that comes at me. Now, I prepare for all of it. I prepare mm. for the worst. I prepare for the best. That's yet to, because I know I know what I'm capable of. But I will tell everybody, look, you got to tap into what makes you happy, what makes you sad. And then how do you react based on that? Because sometimes, you know, when I'm working out in the gym, I listen to gospel music. I'm lamenting. I'm pouring my heart out to Christ because that's just me. Sometimes I want to go to a place. So I tell people, look, you got you got to you got to have balance, got to have some type of balance in your life. 
or you're having fun, where you're you know dealing with grief, because I think that's what that's what brings you hope. It, it makes you think like, OK, well, if I'm going to walk into something new the next day, what am I dealing with today? Mm. I'm sad today, then I know I'll be having because the trouble don't last always. So I know at the end of the tunnel, there's something else. It doesn't say I'll be sad for the rest of my life. If I'm happy today, I know there's going to be some downside. I know someone's going to pass. I know death is going to come, but I'll be ready for it. And that's where the balance comes from. To hope to know that, look, there is a tomorrow. Seasons change. You know, so that's what I would tell someone. Mm. Well, if they're anything like me, they just heard it and they completely feel inspired yeah. uh, today this has been this has been special i think this is the reason that uh, we started this podcast this is why i wanted to do this um, it's because these are the stories that don't get told enough yeah. and the parts of the journey that don't get shared yeah. Um, and so for anybody who's been listening today, um, what I really hope that you you heard from him is that there is a certain level of experimentation, a certain level of trial and error, and a certain level of holding on to the hope that you will you will grow into who you're meant to be. You will find a way through the trials, through the tribulations, through the tests, be from being overlooked <laughs> uh, and for, or forgotten or whatever it is. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I'm quite sure that people heard that in your story. Um, now, for somebody else who is listening today, uh, if today um, was was an inspiration to you, I want to I want to encourage you to subscribe um, to our channel. Make sure that also maybe you're watching the video today. Would you share this video with somebody? because I want to make sure that they get this story and that they hear more about uh, this incredible individual. And now today I do want to also um, thank our sponsor, Everyone Wins Together Productions. Everyone Wins Together is a media production company whose mission is to curate content for the creator and produce experiences in music, media, and live production. Email jason at ewtproductions.com to get started with your podcast and music for your digital content or development for your music and production teams in your ministry. You can follow EW you can follow them at EWT Productions on social media and for more information and to keep update to uh, up to date uh, with all things happening with EWT. All right. Well, again, uh, Sharmir, man, I want to just thank you for joining today. Um, so somebody has loved this. Uh, they want to find you online. What is the best way to find you? I told them to look you up already. Some yeah. of them didn't listen, right? But what is the best way for them to find you? So the best way to reach me, I'm on all social media platforms, Instagram, um, Facebook, every you name it, I, I'm there. Um, so, But you can reach me at uh, Mr. Officials. Dot, Mr. Dot officials dot LLC, or I'm on YouTube, Mr. Dot officials dot LLC. Um, also on Facebook, Twitter, um, TikTok as well, Mr. Okay. Official. And what if somebody wants to find you and they specifically want to find uh, your uh, the Fashion Week Cleveland, or if they want to find your uh, your studio, where would they find those? Fashion Week, www.fashionweekcleveland.com. That's more about the fashion shows. And www.clevelandselfiestudio.com. That's for the Cleveland um, Selfie Museum. 
All right. You heard it here first. And guys, I want to encourage you really um, don't rule yourself out of that because again, it's for everyday people to enjoy the fashion part. And it's also a, a, an incredible experience. If you guys go to the, um, uh, even to the uh, selfie studio Instagram, you're going to see, uh, it's going to blow you away. Actually, the visuals of what is inside of that studio. So please take advantage of that. And my hope today is that you guys took advantage of this time to sit down with a thought leader, um, with a person who walks his faith talks his faith and then gets his hands dirty in the midst of his faith uh, and so i hope you guys will join us again very soon on the next episode of hope rising where those who inspire go for inspiration and the unfulfilled go to find fulfillment